morning, good afternoon and good evening around the world. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander and you're listening to Ivy Exec Insights, a weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, In today's episode, you will have a chance to hear answering your biggest job search and career questions with our special guest, Anish Majumdar, career coach and the expert in the hidden job market. Over the past 12 plus years, he has helped thousands of people around the world uh, take the reins of their professional destinies and break free of job search hell permanently. Check out his uh, free career videos and uh, training at helloanish.com and connect with him on LinkedIn to receive daily career tips and advice that actually work. Uh, In this episode, we'll discuss uh, what's working in hiring markets right now and what's not, ageism and age discrimination, how to close offers, as well as addressing mindset challenges. Enjoy the show. What's going on, Alex? How are you? Good, good. Great to have you back. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm super psyched. I uh, you know we've been talking a lot about uh, you know you know before this uh, before this session about some of the changes, including AI and the rest that have that have been uh, kind of dominating the conversation. I think um, uh, for those of you listening, there's going to be something really uh, we're going to be doing something very new here, uh, something that I would like your help with. Um, in times past, when I've been doing Q and As like this, our way has been uh, you know, old school and kind of clunky. In other words, you know, we ask you guys in the weeks running up to this, hey, what's on your mind? What are you doing in terms of that job search? What are you doing in terms of interviews, call strategy? Uh, What's on your mind? Uh, How are you staying motivated? All the rest, we'll collect the best of those questions. And then we kind of focus this session around those. Well, I would say one of the biggest changes since, ChatGPT has started kind of rolling through is the understanding that, you know, working ways can change, but if you use it right, it'll take you to a new level. And I want to take us to a new level because one thing that has frustrated me about these sessions is, you know, I'll get questions from you guys, but after spending 13 plus years as a career coach, let me be very clear. There's no way, shape or form you getting one random question about your resume or your call strategy or something answered is really going to do anything aside from making you feel good during this hour. It's not doing anything long-term for your career. It's not doing anything for your job prospects whatsoever. Okay. So let's start from this point of view. Let's start from the point of view that says whatever your goal is right now. And I want you to think about it, right? Let's start by, by, by saying this, the way that we get there is by daily sustained consistent effort and action. There is no way around that. I have no magic beans that's going to that's going to transform it for you. No one does, okay? And the best way to do that, let's just start there, is to start with a goal that you actually care about. Is to not be a phony corporate uh shill and say I just want a job, I made 150, I made 170. What's your dream? After 13 years, I will say if there's one thing that joins people who are actually successfully able to get to a better place instead of just spending their whole career spinning wheels, basically, essentially doing the same crappy job, it's that. It's a willingness to say and verbalize, what do you want? 
And I and I want all of you to take a second and say that. I don't want I don't want you to prove to me that you're paying attention. I want you to ask yourself because otherwise all of this is a complete waste of time. What do you want? What's the point of this? Why do you want a better job, a better industry, whatever it is? Why do you want to get over ageism concerns? Or why do you want to re-enter the workforce? Why? What's the dream? Just for a second, I'm going to invite each and every one of you to just close your eyes and ask yourself beyond this next step, beyond whatever it was that brought you here, beyond whatever it is that's taking you know, causing you to digest articles and, and, and content from Ivy Exec or any other zone, okay? Think out, what are you trying to build? What kind of a life do you see for yourself? Who stands to benefit aside from you? Who are the loved ones that you would give anything for, right? For me, you know, I'm a dad to three and I've been married for 13 years, which I can't even believe, you know, because we're kind of kids in some ways when we are with each other. You know, there's a, a, a youngness to it. I'll be very honest with you guys to say no client I've ever worked with ever comes close to being more important than them. They're the ones that I serve. But in serving them, I can serve you and everybody else at a higher level. If my only job, if my only reason for being, which is a mistake I see all the time, I'm seeing you guys make it all the time. This, this BS thing where you'll go into an interview and you'll try to pretend like the only thing you want in your life is to be a freaking project manager for freaking Harris or whatever. No, you don't. No, you don't. And the better way to do that is to ask yourself, what does that role do towards those people? What is this next step in your career going to do in terms of helping you solidify the next thing, right? That's what it's all about, right? That's what success is all about, right? So. With it, with let me just take five seconds to close this out because it's very important. If you got a pen, if you got a paper, write down a word, write down a sentence, write down something that represents what that life is. Can you see it? You don't have to have all the details, but there's got to be something in there that's worth fighting for and worth you stepping out of your comfort zone for. So, whatever that dream is, make it big, make it huge. If you need my help to come up with the dream, you're never going to do this. Okay, uh, let's get into it. Uh, and here's the change that we're going to do. Rather than just bringing in random questions, we're going to use ChatGPT as well as some prompts that I've lined up to start the ball rolling in terms of what's on your mind. Because in many ways, it can tell me better than you guys can what's on your mind. And as we do that, here's what I'm going to ask you guys, okay, to maximize the benefit here. And most importantly, if the questions I'm answering, right, spark something in you, gives you the ability to ask a question about your situation, that's what I would really help, right? That's what I, that's what would make all of this really come alive because AI is just a tool, okay? Your voice, your story, your history as always is the magic, okay? So uh, I'm relying on you guys to take this and help me take this to the next level. Uh, let's get started. We've talked about this many times. Uh, we're talking about the dream. What brought you here? If you're underpaid, think about that for a second. If you're stuck in a crappy job, think about that for a second. And no, I don't want to hear from you uh, this sad sack excuse out here that says, Anish, everyone in finance is a jerk, so there's no point in me getting another place. No, you're becoming a jerk. And maybe 60 to 70% of finances are jerks, but you still got a good 30% there, right? What brought you here? Maybe you're tired the way that I am. 
of, I remember when my wife was pregnant with Mickey, I literally remember every single thing in my life that I had gotten okay with tolerating through the guise of there's going to be a child that I love who's going to be looking at this became absolutely intolerable. It was a gift to look at that and say, I deserve better, right? I couldn't say that for myself, but through the lens of serving my son, do you guys understand? Through the lens of serving my son, I was able to take it to a higher level. I'm trying to, I'm trying to share the details, not just of your Q&A guys, but of the 2,500 others we've coached and the nearly 1 billion in offers that they have generated using what we teach, I'm trying to give you a little bit of that, okay? Whatever these are, overwork, zero control, ambition, you're not feeling that unique magic, you know what it is. You know the difference between whether you're one of the 95, 98% of people out there who are just suffering, 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 or the two to 5% who are in really good shape and getting better. You know who you are. I don't need to tell you that. I don't need to show you a slide. You should know it, okay? At the end of the day, every single moment that you spend at work, this is my core belief, okay? As someone who started out as an actor, who uh, worked professionally as a film, TV, theater actor for many years, that was my initial passion. Then I went into journalism. Then I published my first novel. Then I started uh, serving people like you because I realized that I had a, a thirst for individual change, for really breaking people out the same way I had to break out. Through all of this, I realized one thing. It doesn't matter what your situation is now. It doesn't matter whether you're broke or you're rich right now, whether you're a VP, a manager, I don't care, okay? Are you, as the days go by, are you going further into your power? Is it getting easier for you to feel grateful? Is it feeling easier for you to be abundant, to give the best of what you, of what you can do? Creative, as well as the granular, right? Do you feel like you're walking your path more? so that it is easier for you to hold your head up high and be yourself. Guys, I grew up in Montreal, Quebec. I live in Rochester, New York, and I've lived in America since 2006, but I grew up in Montreal. And I remember this feeling, right, of just feeling ashamed, you know? When your career is not working, when you're not making the money that you want, when you're not feeling fulfilled, especially, I would say, maybe it's different um, just as a guy. It, like, ripped my heart out, you know? It, 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 every day was 50 times harder because instead of the work I was doing and the people I was helping, feeding that and helping to support, it was taking away. I had to fight that battle, that negative balance in order to just to get to zero, right? That's what moving away from your power is like. And I, I ask you with every ounce of vulnerability and openness that I have, do not accept it. Do not accept the bad bosses, the bad spouses, the bad husbands, the bad boyfriends, the bad dads and moms even, who try to tell you your job is to accept the unacceptable. If there's something in you that says, no, I'm here to tell you something better resides in your life. That's a call from life and destiny to say, you cannot write game over on this. You've got to be bold, okay? So let me show you how we can start the process of rewarding you on that, okay? Um, as we said, we're gonna be using ChatGPT here. Why don't we start with a, a little tip that I would have for each and every one of you, okay? And by the way, if you guys haven't, um, you don't know who I am, haven't connected with me, with me on uh, LinkedIn, I encourage you to uh, do that. Um, regularly sort of, sort of uh, sharing tips, advice. Um, 
right from the trenches in terms of what's working and what's not. And especially right now, as things are radically changing, um, it can be really useful. So if it's useful to you, definitely uh, would love a follow there. Um, ChatGPT, for each and every one of you, openai.com, if you're not familiar with it, after this session, I would recommend that you create a free account. It is free. You can start using it right now. I'm not saying this is going to be your new job. Far from it. But what I would recommend is starting right now, if you're not already doing this, okay, have it up. And as you go through your day's work, as you're figuring it out, look for ways where it can help. Look for ways where it can either make your life a little bit easier, give you some insight, give you some information that you that you weren't thinking of. Okay, start getting just a little bit familiar with it without the the lens of pressure, just from the lens of exploration. Okay, because I promise you, this is this is here. It's not going anywhere. There's no way that it is going anywhere. Those of you who are luddites like my father and mom are. You know, they would they, every time a huge tech change came in, they were the ones who were praying that it was a fad. You know, the iPhone was a fad, uh, high-speed internet was a fad. I'm telling you guys, this is bigger than all of those. This is going to fundamentally reshift everything. And the quote I want you guys to think about, I have it here so you can see it. Richard Baldwin. AI is not going to take your job, but somebody using AI definitely will. And that's definitely, definitely going to happen. So don't be that person. All right. We're going to use it. The thing that makes uh, AI really sing is prompts and specificity. Okay. So let's start. What I've done is I've created five questions that are going to be the liftoff point for the majority of the questions I want to answer for you guys here. These are based on five real life client scenarios, right? Very common ones that I will see over and over again. Okay. Here's the first one. Imagine that you're a mid-level professional looking to break into executive roles. You've been trying to land a job through the job boards, interviewed for many roles, and have gotten close, but never received an offer. You're feeling frustrated and in need of new approaches, new strategies to land that better job. What would be 15 questions you might ask an expert career coach to help with this? Okay, so as uh, GPT-4, this is why it's a little bit slower. This is the, the, the fastest model there, and it's better for creativity. Uh, as this fills in, again, I want you to think about the parallels here, okay? For many of you, right, the reason you guys are here is because you want to level up. But the problem is you're trying to level up using the exact same methodologies, the exact same ways of working that you did five, six, seven years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, right? And at a certain point, there's as much emphasis placed on how you go about doing things as what you can do. So if you've risen up in your career, but the way in which you're networking is like, you can tell you hate it and you think that it's politics. Okay. That looks kind of amateurish. If you're in your forties and you send me a resume that looks like what, you know, a teenager could have come up with and is filled with corporate verbiage or stuff that just dates you, that's a negative, right? These are examples of doing things in a way that is not concurrent with where you want to go, right? So let's see what ChatGPT has to say about this situation here, okay? So, okay, maybe you're a software engineer, and that's a high-paid high job, right? Software engineer, but you are all about your skills. All you want to talk about are your skills, your technical abilities, your skills there, okay? And you're not interested in doing anything else, right? That person is definitely going to be last in, first out, because you've made it impossible for me to think about you long-term. You've made it impossible to connect your, what you do with any strategic long-term value. You've commoditized yourself. So yeah, 
fix the problem and get the heck out of here, right? The way you want to avoid that is by going in the direction of unique value, not generic, right? So whatever your goal is right now, whatever you're looking to do, you've got to understand doing different is the way that you're going to get it. It's not the nice to have, okay? What AI is going to rip the heart of, what all of this is going to rip the heart of are those people who are not individuals who cannot stand on their own two feet and cannot, very importantly, express their unique value. So before you start looking for that job, I want you to think long and hard about what your LinkedIn profile looks like. I want you to think long and hard about your elevator pitch. Are you just another desperate pitcher or do you stand for something? If we use that software engineering one, if you're driving growth and innovation in the way that only someone who can do that can, what does that result in? What's, what kind of a company does that result in? If that quote unquote software engineer with high aspirations were to brand himself that way, talk like that, now he gets the advantage of not just being hireable, but that strategic part, that'll keep you safe and that'll give you new options. Is it going to, to save you from every Tom, Dick and Harry and job and boss? Never, not possible. But, but the point is, is it going to keep it safe? Is it going to be easier for you to get new roles? And is, it, is the risk of you of something bad happening, which happens for all of us professionally, have you minimized that? The more you go towards unique value, the, the more you're sort of mitigating the risk and the less you're sort of accepting this thing. And But for all of you, you know, this is a fantastic question, right? Uh, we can't change those parts of your belief that you're not willing to look at and challenge. So if you believe in your core that as a woman, you will never, ever, ever be able to make parity in terms of, of compensation in your industry, and there is nothing that you can do about it, I'm certainly not going to hear about it. You're not going to bring it up. Then no matter what we do, I can almost assuredly tell you that gap is going to be there the rest of your life. We can only change, hear me, we can only change the things that we're willing to, to express, the things that we're able to say, I don't think that's right. I don't think that that, that needs to be there. Okay. Um, let's go through a couple of these questions here. Um, uh how can I identify the key competencies required for the executive roles? This is a fantastic question, AI, um, and it's a it's a it's a big pitfall people have. A lot of times, people will, will think, right? When you look at this, key competencies. Let me look at job postings, right? So if I'm like, let's say, in operations, I'm just making it up, and I want to go into marketing, right? Uh, I, I'm I'm looking. Okay, let me look at marketing job descriptions. But the problem is, right? Job boards and job descriptions are notoriously inaccurate. They're generic. Uh, they're not going to help you, right? Positioning yourself like a generic person is especially not going to help you when you're switching careers, okay? Because understand, why would I hire a generic person who has no experience? Like, what, what are you possibly giving me as an employer, right? If you don't have unique value, I'm going with the person who has more experience than you, obviously, right? So understand, generic is not a play, right? It could be, let me use this 10 or 15 years of operations experience and leverage it towards a brand or a position that says, hey, because of this, I think that I could lend a unique perspective here. I think I could lend, I could do something that other people aren't doing. But if you're not willing to think of it that way, it's not going to work. So for these competencies, don't look at job boards. Look at your actual competitors, right? After this session, I want you to look up LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is not really a place, guys, for you to, you know, promote yourself, promote uh, like professionally. Yeah, that's one part, but it's a very, very small part of what it can really do for you. Study your competitors, right? So if you're looking for 
uh, VP of, 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 of IT strategy or um, roles, look at what CIOs, CTOs are doing. Pull up their profiles, literally do a search on LinkedIn using those keywords and start looking at the most uh, visible people. If you start going down into their keywords, especially, right, that's where you're going to start to see some of these competencies. Forget the like the competencies that you can ignore. Uh, endless tech skills and all that. Eh, nope, not doing anything. Generic stuff. And to, to those of you who have stuff like you know culture change and deal making, you know, get rid of all that garbage. Okay, that is doing nothing for you. What you want to look at is strategic stuff. So for your competitors. What are the skills, right, that are showing up that are that have to do with strategic impact? What are the skills and capabilities that have to do with real change, right? That's what you want to look at. And granular skills should be skills, not tech skills, right? Solution selling is a hard line, deeper skill, okay? Uh, MS Office is not. MS Excel is not. Salesforce is not, okay? Nor is general stuff like ah, negotiation, positive culture, get rid of it, okay? It has to be in some sense quantifiable here. Uh, I'm not saying all of your skills are gonna be like that, but certainly for LinkedIn, when we're just getting to know someone, pin it down, right? Anchor it into something real. So answering chat GPT, and for those of you who've had that question, because I think it's a great one, um, the answer here is study your competitors. Um, um, how do I demonstrate that I'm ready to make the transition from a mid-level role to an executive role? And guys, isn't this amazing? Like, isn't this incredible that as a starting point, right? And understand that for each and every one of these, I could literally say, hey, uh, can you give me 10 deeper variants here? Can you tell me more and give me some advice about what I can do here? None of these are giving you guys. And, and here's the wonderful thing, okay? AI is not going to replace what you do if what you do is based on your unique value and worth. It cannot. Right. All it's going to give you is going to die like like generic that word. Right. It's going to give you generic insights. But generic insights are a great place to start from. Right. It saves you a whole lot of grunt work. Right. And so when I when I when I uh, look at this here, how can I demonstrate that I'm ready to make the transition? I would say this is something that AI screwed up here a little bit. It's not its fault. It doesn't know better. OK. I would say the word demonstrate there tells me that you're not mindset-wise in the place to secure that level of a role. Why? Because the version of you, okay? I want you all to, th to, to think about this for a second because the business of careers and job searching is like, I know it doesn't feel that way. It is like 80 to 90% mental, okay? So the strategy is important. You're gonna die without the strategy, but it's fed by, by, by the heart of the person, right? So when, when, I, when I look at this, right? Demonstrate is not the word. Whatever your goal is, imagine you've already had that for six or seven years. In fact, imagine that not only have you had the role that you desperately want or the opportunity or the income level, whatever it is, right? Imagine that you're a little tired of it. You're a little frustrated. I'm, I'm kind of batting up against the edges here. You know what I'm saying? So what would, what would your perspective be there? It wouldn't be demonstrate, right? Why would I have to demonstrate? Do I have to demonstrate to you guys uh, the thousands of people I've worked with and have done that? Heck no. I'm not going to. That's one thing. But two, it, it would only lessen my perceived authority to do so when I can show you through the teaching. Right? So for here, don't demonstrate. Imagine if I'm there, my brand and positioning has got to be the person who owns that territory. So I'm already owning the strategic execution territory of where I want to go.
right? Then when I'm interviewing with people, I'm asking questions based on what I know to see if they're for real, not me. I already know I'm real, right? But what I also know, guys, this is true for you guys listening. It's true for companies. 95% of you listening, it's not happening. You're, you want to feel better, but you don't have what it takes. There's aspects of what you're bringing to the table that are fundamentally flawed that cannot be addressed with strategy, et cetera, whatever. Sorry to say it. I'm just being honest. I can afford to be honest, okay? For the 5%, who, who are the people I'm really teaching to here, right? That They're the ones that if I'm thinking of working with them, I'm asking them questions. I'm not trying to win them over. I'm asking questions because I know people have a tendency to go negative. Are you one of those people? People have a tendency to avoid responsibility. Are you one of those people? People have a tendency to be freaking lazy and look for an immediate get rich quick scheme. Is that you, right? I've got all these criteria. And in me asking you those criteria, you know what's happening counterintuitively? Your confidence in me and what I can do is increasing as it should, as it should. Because that's the vibe, that's the energy, that's the actions of the person who has what you want. I'm not a wannabe. I'm an already has. So the thing with this, you got to put yourself into an already has state. Your brand should communicate already has as much as you can. I'm not saying be braggadocious or pretend to have things that you don't. But for the love of God, own it, man. Own what you have and be high level. And in that interview, come in with hard hitting questions. You should not have one question there that is like a softball, as we used to say in journalism, right? Uh, a softball question that is basically I'm lobbing it up so you can freaking wreck it. No, ask those questions that you want to ask. And by the way, if you need help coming up with vulnerabilities, guess what can help you here, right? Let's say I'm, I'm interviewing with Facebook, right? You know, you know how I'm going to come up with, with interview questions? Tell me 15 pieces of information that as a job seeker, uh, tell me 15 pieces of, I'm doing this live for you guys so you can see it. Tell me 15 pieces of information about Facebook that most people don't know that as a job seeker would make me refuse a job offer from them. And then you can get it. You can start it, right? I'm not saying this is the one and only answer. But understand that as a candidate, understand the power that you have as a professional, right? AI is, is being deeply woven into what we teach, right? As we speak, right? Starting in June, everyone that we're working with is going to be fully capable of utilizing this to 5, 10x their, their progress through all of this. But understand, in the old days, you used to have to go out there and do a little internet search or do a Google search and have it be all manipulated, blah, 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 blah. I can start here and say, okay, here are the top 15 things that make Facebook kind of a garbage company to work with, right? Data privacy concerns, manipulation of user behavior, spread of fake news, lack of transparency. And for each and every one of these, I can go deeper. I can go deeper within AI. I can go deeper outside of it. But it starts me from an educated place. So you better believe that if I'm interviewing for a role there and I actually am seriously considering working with them, I'm gonna be asking questions about their toxic freaking anti-woman, I've heard, uh, work culture, right? We're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about the role that this freaking company had in freaking tanking our freaking democracy or at least destabilizing it. I, I wanna know about that. I wanna know about what you're gonna do about this slow response. If you say you're a high-tech company, but you're, you're, you're working slower than the shittiest fucking 80s company out there. 
I want to know about this. This is where I want to know. And these are the types of questions that you need to go into an interview with, because that will stop the uh, thing of, um, can I convince? Can I demonstrate? And it puts it into a much, much stronger place. Okay. So I just wanted to show you guys a little bit of this because these are practical, practical ways that you can get an edge here. Okay. Uh, there's no room for generic, like, what do you want? What's your greatest value? There's no room for that. Right. Um, let's, let's look at another one. Okay. This is a, another common one that I will, uh, I'll hear a lot. Um, let me put in the, the, the use case here. This works, by the way. Use your imagination. Give it some 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 data points aside from, hey, I just want a better job. That's not going to work, right? Imagine that you're a professional in your late 50s with an operations and project management background who is looking for a better job. You're getting worried that you're not being considered for jobs due to ageism, right? What would be 10 questions you might ask a career expert to help you with your situation, right? And for those of you who are struggling with ageism, put in your questions right now, right? For those of you who are also struggling with maybe re-entering the workforce, right? One of the things that pisses me off so much is when moms and increasingly fathers take time off to raise their kids and they feel like they're getting punished for it in the working world. Where have we come to that we have to do this? You know, listen, guys, I, I, um, I just want to be real with you, okay? I've been a rebel my whole life. I'm still not over the fact that you have to take a freaking piss test and a credit check just to get a job, okay? So what do you think I think about things like that, right? Try to take a guess what my attitude would be in terms of that, right? My attitude is anything I can do to get you over this BS, I will. Anything I can do to systematically get you out and, and in a better place, I definitely will. All I need is your fire and your want, you know? So here are some great, great questions, okay, uh, to, to start it off here. Um, are there specific industries or companies that value the experience and wisdom of older professionals more than others? Great question, right? Uh, I would say it's hard to make a uh, blanket decision about that, right? Um, because you see exceptions. Uh, I would say the answer to this is not obvious, which is, again, this is why AI is AI, but people are always going to be people. You know, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? And you don't know the things that come from experience. It's like, I don't know the amazing things that you can do because I didn't fight your battles. I didn't spend those Friday, Saturday, Sundays working your butt off, learning those, those capabilities. You did, right? So for this, uh, I would say be the elder of the tribe. Whatever... Whatever that is, number one, I would say if you're struggling with ageism, make sure that your brand is not only limited to one industry. I don't care if you're 100% uh, committed to biotech or pharma or whatever, okay? In your brand, it should not be I am da 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 who specializes in biotech pharma. Think about making what we call your offer. That's your, that's the positioning behind your brand that's the that's the oh, that's the stance that you're taking in terms of the kind of change that you want to make you want you want you want to move forward make that industry agnostic because that by itself is stronger and it'll give you some more options when you look at your work history do not delete old aspects of your work history ask yourself what can i use for this right if you're looking at older roles ask yourself is there some piece of this that I can use that will either add extra dimensionality to who I am that is non-obvious or is going to add extra authority or credibility? If it's a no, yeah, sure, make it shorter. But definitely don't do this thing where it's like, look, I want, I, I'm, I'm afraid that they're going to know that I'm in my 50s or 60s. Dude, they're going to know the second they look at you. What, who do you think you are, Tom Cruise? 
like, and, I, and I'm saying this for the men and women out there. I'm just being real with you. You're not hiding anything. If you feel like you're old, we're going to say, who's that old lady? Who's that guy? Okay. Kind of an old guy. Who's the guy with gray hair? You're not fooling anyone. And the resume is not fooling it at all. All you're saying when you delete experience like that, all you're saying is that you're so desperate for something better that you're willing to lie and steal from your own history to pretend to be something you're not. Now, do you think that I, that I or any other employer would ever remotely want someone who's in that mind state, right? So uh, don't look at it in terms of industries, AI or you guys, okay? Look at it in terms of wide, take major responsibility, use major aspects and think creatively, okay? If you've got a long history, that means you've got more options in terms of aspects of capabilities that you can pull together for today's offer. So if you're in IT, right? And you've got 10 or 15 years of ops, and then you even have some like financial reporting and management background. Is there an offer that you can stand for, right? That maybe leads off with operations transformation, but uses, let's say, the financial piece as your competitive differentiator. So you can say when you're interviewing whatever, let's talk about the financials. And when they say, hey, I, that's not that's unusual. You could say, I know it's unusual. That's an aspect of this, though. It's a real driver, right? Boom, you've got unique value. You're coming out as the candidate of choice. That's how you do this stuff, guys, right? Um, uh, how can I approach conversations around energy levels? This is, this is great. AI, you're making me angry, but for the for the right reasons, because you're being accurate, right? I've I've heard this hundreds of times from you guys, right? How can I approach conversations around energy levels? I've heard, how can I communicate more energy? I've seen uh, candidates in their 50s, yes, uh, send me uh, resumes that have, instead of a, a little picture, they have like a little cartoon picture because that, that makes it whimsical. Uh, for those of you who are Arrested Development, that's a real, uh, you know, Tobias Funke kind of move here, okay? It's not really going to work, okay? So when it comes to this, uh, energy levels, potential retirement, longevity of your career, they are concerns if they are reflected back. In other words, if I'm interviewing you, okay, first off, if I say something about your energy level, maybe just leave this freaking company. You know what I mean? Because that's a douche. That's like a really, really douchey thing to say, right? Uh, and so if someone actually is saying that in an interview about your energy levels, that's insulting. You know, I, I would be offended. So anything, my, my rule is, guys, and tell me if this resonates with you guys. Here's my litmus test for interviews. It's a crazy standard in 2023, okay? I'm going to treat you with respect, and I'm going to be open and transparent, and I'm going to ask that as an employer, you do the same. So if I say I'm going to get back to you tomorrow, I'm going to get back to you tomorrow or earlier. If you say you're going to get back to me tomorrow, I'm going to expect you to get back to me tomorrow or earlier, right? I'm going to be open. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to play games, right? It's not a huge amount here that I'm asking for, right? But all of these things are things that you should be thinking about, especially if you're worried about this. Potential retirement, look, with all due respect, I don't know why a company, a company's not seriously going to care about that. Not really. They might ask you the question, but it's up to you to, to use the acknowledge, isolate, pivot kind of way of thinking to, to find your way out of this. What do I mean? Retirement. I don't know when that's going to be, but if I can communicate to you the fact that what's driving me right now, regardless of how much longer I'm in the game, is making this impact happen or, or is making this shift happen or finally talking about this elephant in the room that no one in the, in the, in the uh, industry is talking about. If I'm focused on that, then I don't have to, to, to worry about giving you an answer in terms of years. It's going to be however long it is. It's going to be when I'm done. That's what it is for my business, guys. 
my business, we're 2,500, maybe closer to 26, 27 by this point. We're 2,700 people in. We start, I started with one, one person, me and a laptop. We're going to stop around 10,000. That's my goal, right? And at 10,000, see you guys. You're all on your own. Go, go run yourself off a cliff if that's what you want to do, right? But that's my goal. And everything that I do is based around a self-determined goal. So with all due respect, I can work with you, not work with you, teach you, not teach you, work with IV exec, not work with RV exec. None of that matters. Absolutely none of that matters. I'm going to reach that end goal 100% of the way, no matter what. It's just a question of the twists and turns around the way. But my commitment is stronger than yours is for all of this. So you're not going to move me aside. If you're an older professional, you got to have some commitment as well. You got to have a point of view. You got to have some backbone. Don't let people push you around. Don't let people ask you things that insult you and 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 don't stand up for yourself. Okay. Some of the best offers I've ever negotiated for myself personally, by the way, were from very very strong personalities. And the thing I've learned with strong personalities, and I'm uh, this, this is going to shock you guys probably. I'm an introvert. I like books. I like quiet time more than anything. But what I've realized is you've got to have some backbone. You know, you're not going to have anyone's respect if you're going to roll over at the first sign of resistance. So when you get this stuff, understand, if you get one question about this, acknowledge what's going on, isolate this as a point of concern, and then and then pivot towards a um, an alternate way of looking at this, an alternate thing that is ideally based around your values and where you want to go. And now you're in a much, much stronger place. Let's take a look here. Um, this one is really great, and I, I find that uh, is it incredibly, incredibly uh, relevant. Imagine that you're a woman who is reentering the workforce after taking some years off to raise her children. You're highly skilled and bring decades of work experience to the table, but also feel completely out of step with today's hiring market and what employers are looking for. What questions might she ask, right, or might you ask to help her with strategy and to help her stay motivated? So. Um, it is really, really key when you're re-entering the workforce or you've spent a bunch of time or you're coming back in, in, into an industry to be able to differentiate between those aspects of what you do that, yeah, might need to get updated, might need to get renewed, et cetera, and those aspects of what you do that are unchangeable. Like you, you've got deep, deep value there, right? My ability to coach you and coach people in situations like this, that's not changing, right? The tech landscape can change and that's on me to stay on top of that and adapt to it and find ways to make it work. But the deeper drivers are not are not going to change. So if you're re-entering, you need to base your, fo you need to focus your brand, your elevator pitch, you need to focus the questions that you ask, as well as the types of roles uh, that you pursue ideally around roles that reward those deeper attributes. So don't go out there saying, oh, I'm insecure about you know not knowing digital marketing. And the only freaking roles you're going out for are digital marketing roles. What about broader marketing roles? What about um, roles that are hybrid? You know, you know, in some way, right? Don't go towards and don't focus on those aspects that you already know you're weak at. Play towards your strengths. Play towards those skills, those universals that you can really move towards, okay? That would be one thing that would really, really help, okay? The other thing here, get, stop with this. I know we, we all have this like hamster wheel of like, you gotta like take more skills, more skills, more skills. I wouldn't do that, okay? You're not gonna convince someone, if you're re-entering the workforce, you're not gonna convince them like through a couple of LinkedIn learning courses that you're the same as someone, you know, let's say a woman who's been there 12, 15 years. You don't, you can't. 
if anything, if you have the time to do this, look for differentiators, look for things that people aren't studying, look for skill sets, right, that you can use in a non-obvious way, right? My skill set as an actor, which brought me to the point of near bankruptcy, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not the only actor who, who did that, uh, those skills became 50 million times more valuable once I started coaching people, especially on this side, because I realized all of those skills, that it, there's a certain value it has in front of a camera, right? It has a totally different read in an industry where people aren't expecting it, right? In an industry and in an area that you can influence, right? So take some risks here, study non-traditional things. You have no excuse. When you have things like Khan Academy, Coursera, you have so many amazing options. You can get started with this stuff for free, okay? Um, Balancing the demands, listen, I, I'm a dad. I'm not an expert in this. You know what I mean? Do what you got to do. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, AI, if you have an answer to to how to balance full-time work and, and two full-time working parents with responsibilities, I'd love to know it. I would say do the best that you can do. There were times where I was writing at 2, 3 in the morning because those are the only times that I could work on the fiction that I was working on. There were times where I'd be waking up uh, – uh, six, seven in the morning to uh, go deliver flowers in Toronto. You know, you do what you have to do. Okay. But definitely make sure that if you're at a place where you're, where you're re-entering, take your aspirations seriously. Make sure your family knows that this is more than just mom wanting another job. Okay. Make sure they know what, what, what your passion is. Make sure you know, they know what your why is and why you're doing this and why it's important to you. Because if they don't know that, all of this is going to seem like a whole bunch of extra crap they really don't want to deal with, no matter what they tell you. So make sure you're clear with what your intentions here are, okay? Um, flexible work schedule. Let me just end this particular question with this. Uh, don't ever start talking about flexibility, hours in, hours out, all of that stuff, unless we are looking at an offer, okay? I'm not interested in talking about that stuff because we're not at that place. And one thing you, you can definitely do that will reinforce your authority in hiring situations is to have an awareness of your go and no-go zones, right? If there's something that, that you don't want to do, say no and explain. Provide the context, right? And then don't do it, right? You can set a limit there, guys, and people don't run away when the limits set are reasonable, right? Not unless they're an unreasonable employer, in which case you need to know that, right? Um, so definitely don't start negotiating this stuff until you know what the money is, what the job is, and you know that they've essentially have tunnel blinders in terms of selecting you. That's when you have some leverage to negotiate this stuff. Until then, I'm not talking about it. I'm just being honest here. Um, this one, for those of you from India, from those of you who are from other countries and are dealing with H-1B issues, this is something that I, I feel not enough people talk about, but we should talk about it because it's very, very common. You know, um, In my experience, uh, minorities get freaking destroyed in terms of unfair salary compensation in many of the industries that they're like rock stars in, right? Like Indians are supposed to be, I'm generalizing here, rock stars in IT and tech, right? But you know who gets screwed over the most in terms of like, you can have like two CTOs, they all have the same kind of pedigree in some sense, but one is making like 30 to 40% less and they've been making it forever. This guy came in on the H-1B. This guy got all of the other things except the freaking money. Isn't that interesting? right? And that's happening in tech, that's happening in finance, that's happening all over the place, not just to minorities, to women, to anyone who the perception is you're an outsider. 
if that if that is you, if you think there's any risk of that happening, it is most probably happening to you. Okay. So when we're talking about an H1B, okay, let me be very, very clear with this. You're gonna have to put on your big boy pants here. Okay. Putting on your big boy pants does not mean in your cover letter, in your resume, you're essentially blowing your chances by saying, I can't work without an H1B. It is not their business. You are negotiating. When you're exploring offers, we are doing it as free agents. I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. Okay. So understand this. The way that you're going to make this happen is to negotiate all the way to an offer, ideally with more than one employer, and get them all the way to a place of committal. And then you bring it up as a piece of housekeeping, as something that is required. Now, if you do it in that context, maybe some of you will say, oh, uh, I don't want to blindside them. Yeah, that's true. That might, you might, you might uh, get a little bit of that. That's true. Uh, it's up to you whether you want to do something or not. But what I will tell you is in my life, I've always found that it is better to ask forgiveness than ask for permission. And this is definitely one of those situations. The number of employers and recruiters who are going to look at that little word H1B and take that little resume of yours and do this and say, why am I paying 30 to 40 grand for a freaking stranger? Not happening, okay? So you cannot be that stranger with an H-1B. When you're out there, you're a candidate like anybody else. You're exploring like anybody else. You're vetting these employers like anybody else. But what you are doing here is you're using that, you're bringing that up as a point of negotiating the offer and the deal. And if they wanna say no at that point, they can say no to that offer. Certainly they can, right? But it is highly unlikely that they're going to be doing that if you're a valuable professional, you've been doing good work, you've been rising up. Because usually for most H-1B holders, the sum total value of what they do for these companies is like 20 to 50 times more than what they get paid for, including the freaking H-1B cost. Okay, So again, think about that. Don't think about standing out. Okay, AI, as smart as you are. You're still coming across to me like a desperate freaking job seeker, not someone I would give top dollar to, okay? Or even top dollar consideration to. Stand out is not the word. Stand out is not the word, okay? The word is how can I advocate and communicate what my unique worth is? That's the real thing. You do that, you're going to stand out, okay? But don't try to stand out because you're going to come across desperate, right? How can I keep my morale high and maintain motivation during the job search? Very, very True, you know, for those of you who came close to a role and got rejected for something like this, it can really freaking suck, right? Um, one of the best things that you can do there um, is to remember and reconnect with those things that bring you joy, that do not require the permission of your next role, you know? Those of you who are looking for a role and you feel like the only way that you can, like, live up to yourself and your family is by, like, like beating yourself up and, and spending 40, 50 hours, 60 hours on it, I'm here to tell you, you're actually taking yourself further away from it, okay? A balanced approach, a balanced mental approach, a balanced approach of getting help, getting getting taught, putting new strategies into place, that's the way. That's the way that you want to do this. But that kind of one-sided thing, all it's going to do, it's going to bring out burnout, it's going to bring out depression, it's going to bring out deep, deep, deep problems with self-esteem, okay? Now, when you're in transition, when you're trying, that's when you need to be ultimately kind to yourself. That's when you need to bribe yourself, make yourself feel good, give yourself every little treat. You know, that rainy day fund, it's raining for you right now because you need to come in to all of these opportunities 
feeling full, feeling strong, feeling loved, feeling seen and taken care of, right? Because when you're feeling like that, we feel like that when we talk with you. And when you come in torturing yourself, we say, kick this guy and his cut rate Hyundai, get him out of our parking lot, right? It's the feeling, guys. You're not fooling anyone. If you're desperate, if you're freaking yourself out, I'm going to pick up on an unsettled energy when I'm exploring something with you, and I'm, that's going to be a barrier, right? So really, really think about this. A lot of people who are on H-1Bs, they're, they're, they overemphasize their skill set, and they're always looking to work, outwork, you know? But let's just be honest here. In our world, being innovative, being courageous, oftentimes matters so much more than hard work and certain problems can only be solved with these two. Hard work can't solve it. It can't. Um, two more questions and then, uh, oh, one more question and then we'll, um, we'll see uh, uh, if you guys got any to, uh, to wrap this up. I hope you guys have been, have been enjoying this uh, very first kind of Q&A where uh, we're kind of using ChatGPT to sort of help us as a little bit of our, as our friend here. Here's the last sort of use case, okay? This is, by the way, what I would recommend. You know, ideally, if I could, you know, wave a magic wand, this is what I would want in terms of you guys looking at the road ahead. Imagine that you're a mid-level professional in your 30s or whatever, right, who is 100% committed to finding his next job through networking and tapping the hidden job market. That's 80 to 90% of roles, by the way. But yeah, definitely keep thinking that Monster and Indeed is is the end all and the be all of your future, right? What would be some specific questions you might ask about using LinkedIn, networking, et cetera? Give me 20 possibles and be as clear and specific as you can, right? Okay. If you never looked at another job board again, your career is going to end up more successful. You can take that, you can record it, you can watch it in the replay, you can share it with your friends, just hear me. If today you made a promise to yourself and you said, I'm never looking at those stupid job boards ever again, long-term, your career, you're going to make more money. You're going to work with better people. You're going to feel way more satisfied and happy, and you're going to have more options throughout the course of your working life. All of these, I can promise you, are going to be in your future if you decide to do them. Now, remember what I said about a courage problem, right? Most of you don't have the balls to do that. Most of you don't even have the courage to even consider something like that because you've spent your life asking people for permission. First, you ask teachers for permission. Now you ask recruiters for permission, right? Nothing has changed. You're still a student. You're still lacking power, right? So let's look at this a different way. Let's say, okay, how do we put you in the middle of all the opportunities, not just the late stage stuff you see in the job boards, but understand if I'm in, um, you know, if I'm a you know project management professional who like like innovates there, that is being experienced by thousands of companies all around me, right? Who cares whether they have a job posting or not? My job is to identify what's going on and to align with it. That puts me in the seat for the offer. And if there's no one competing against me, guess who gets the offer? People who bring in some networking, people who bring in the hidden job market in this way and are serious about opening that up as a new channel, they get to do that. They get to move faster. They get to, and they get to like not sit around year in, year out, accepting the unacceptable, which many of you in, in seven minutes from now, you're going back to, right? You're probably watching this in a crappy freaking cubicle doing something you don't want to do. Don't leave this feeling good about that. Leave this feeling angry. Leave this feeling like, yeah, you know what? Anish was freaking right, dude. 
I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm in an office right now, but it's my freaking office. I own the freaking thing, right? That's what I want you guys to be thinking about. That's a level of ownership I want you guys to be thinking about, okay? Because regardless of what you think of, we're all entrepreneurs now. You might hate to think of yourself that way, but please understand whatever your line of work is, your niche, whatever your background is, whatever your visa situation or your ageism concerns or your re-entering the workforce concerns, we are all entrepreneurs in the sense of we have to take an entrepreneurial approach towards success because there's that's the only avenue that's going to keep working right now, okay? Uh, when you look at this, I'm just being honest, guys, that I'm, I'm, I'm tired of seeing people wasting their lives, really. Um, what are the best practices for optimizing your LinkedIn profile? Pretty standard. Leverage my current network. Pretty standard. What I would say here, um, how can I leverage my current network? Number one, it is highly unlikely that your current network is going to directly get you that next opportunity. They might make a referral. They might, they might know someone, but it's usually going to be one step out from that. So the first thing you want to do is you want to approach the people that you already know, not as a job seeker, but as an agent of change. Think about what your mission is here. Think about what you're trying to do out there. And yes, if you've never thought about what you do as anything more than I just need another job or you know it's self-interest, it's going to be new for you. Guess what? Get our help. Get people's help. Get help and start moving it forward. It's the only thing that's making you money, right? What, what better thing could you be doing here, right? So when I look about this, I want to recultivate those relationships from a place of integrity and from a place of mission. So that if I'm talking with you, it's like, okay, I'm, let me bring you up to speed. Here's some of the other companies that I've been talking about, some of what I've been finding out there. What have you been finding? So I'm going to try to help you and add value in that call, in that meeting, no matter what, okay? While I do that, I'm uncovering and asking the questions that are going to either uncover pain, uncover that, that relationship, and enable me to effectively follow up if necessary, right? Then I take that and I move it to the next stage. But understand, generally speaking, if you're doing this right, Hidden job market is two interactions to an offer. Two. Two. How many of you are in round three, four, five of a, 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 of a, of a role right now? Let's say another thing. You, you're not getting the role. Statistically, there is a 99% chance against you getting the role if you accept more than two, I think three is, is, the, is, the, is the outset. Why? For two reasons. One, they're not hiring you. They're just faking it. And two, they don't know what they want after that because someone who did would have made an offer. So you can just cancel all that crap out of your calendar right now because that's not doing anything but endless, useless, busy work. Okay? This, don't be transactional. Coalesce around a mission, right? Um, uh, can you suggest strategies for transitioning online LinkedIn connections to in-person? Yeah, I would say for all of you, no, don't make them online only connections to begin with. One of the things that I do is if I'm connecting with you on LinkedIn, you'll probably get a follow-up message from me, right? Uh, that will say something along the lines of, hey, what can we do? Or, or, or what do you think about this? Or, or whatever it is, right? Even, even, in, a, even a quick uh, uh, meetup, right? Why? Because for me, it's important that I know you. I'm not interested in having like randos connected with me because there's no value there. Not for anyone aside from empty vanity, right? So that's a priority for me. So look at what you're doing through that lens. Make it about the relationship first. Make it about adding value to that person's life first and make it about what you want second. And you're going to do a great job of reactivating those first degrees. Um, we've been talking a lot about this. I just want to quickly walk you through, you know, just, just so you guys can get a sense of this. You know, this is all real life. 
that we're talking about here. This is not a fantasy. This is not some like major crazy thing. This is real life. Like what you're seeing from Mike, five offers following your process to the T, that's real life. Bethany, when you want to look at the, the companies that she generated, the calls that she generated, when you look at her team, when you look at her office, when you say, when you realize that she literally said no, she had the courage and the insight to say no at a late stage uh, ask for a presentation because she understood that the strategy was off. And she essentially came in, was totally counterintuitive, presented on what didn't work about it, and then got buy-in for her path. You're not going to do that through trial and error. But you, if you were to do it, through learning this strategy, you would definitely get outcomes similar to this for you, right? 29.17% base salary increase. This is real life, guys. This is happening every single day. So remind me again, what is endemic about your financial situation, your career situation? Tell me, what can't be changed? I, Guys, just so you understand, I'm a career coach for 13 years. I don't even have a bachelor's degree. I went to theater school. And then I, as a journalist, I learned everything in the world of journalism. As an actor, I learned everything in the world of, of, of acting. As a businessman and as an entrepreneur, I learned it through you guys, through doing business. I learned things through the doing, and believe it or not, you can still do that. It's still one of the most powerful ways to move it forward. Take a look at Christian here, all right? Uh, not only is it an incredible company, it makes us happy, but I'll also be jumping 53% on my base with better insurance, a better 401k match, and a pension, okay? This is the stuff that I'm talking about here. This is someone, who's looking at Christian and seeing what I saw, which is how the hell is this guy not a multimillionaire right now? There's no one else like him. There's no one who has the confluence of his legal abilities, his leadership skills, his ability to st strategically define and help startups move forward. I saw that. Now I'm so happy other people are seeing it too. Now I want you to look at these and I want you to ask yourself, if I were to put your email on here, what do you wanna see? If I were to celebrate everything that you did here, and I were to say with love to everyone else listening on this, look at what you did. Look at when you could have just been an anonymous freaking webinar participant. Look at what you did. You did what you what these people did. They reached out, they took an action, they challenged themselves, but they did it all because they knew there's a calling in them for something better. And they wanna respect that. They wanna actually go as high to that as they can, right? What would your success story look like? If you'd like to uh, find out, I'd like to make a very, very, very uh, small offer here to the 5% of you who are really on board here. These are basically the, the big five changes that we're looking at, okay? This will get you out of just anonymous job seeker mode, get you into a place where you're tapping the hidden job market, getting that 80 to 90% of roles, and you're doing all of this in like 15 to 20 minutes a day, basically, right? You want to create an, an irresistible offer, and you want to outflank the competition, right? You want to transform calls into high-level opportunities. You don't just want to be a passive interviewer. You want to magnify your brand presence and establish that unique value and authority. You want to put outreach on autopilot, okay? And this is something, again, I'm, I'm sure many of you are probably not going to love this, okay? But, you know, your competitors are not suffering through ATS. ATS is for chumps. ATS is for people who have no connections, no options, and are, are trying to convince themselves that they have something to offer by copy and pasting their resume in. It's for chumps. The non-chumps are actually using automation and AI to take care of all of their outreach, all of their networking, all of the initial stuff, right? That's what we do with our clients, right? And just so you can see it, 
for all of our clients, I can help them advise them on every aspect of this. I can go right into their workspace. We can see, okay, for these campaigns, um, for each of these, who are you targeting? What are the messages that are that, that are that are being sent? Who's replying? Who's connecting? Who's moving it forward? Why? So you can focus on the important high-level stuff, right? You don't have to focus on the grunt work. You focus on interested parties, new relationships, people who are moving into a call and, and rocking and rolling on each and every one of those calls. This, by the way, is happening. And I, again, I don't see a way that in 2023 that someone who's just one-offing job offers, I, I just don't see that, that that's gonna, gonna work because what we're seeing is upwards of 90% auto rejection by ATS systems, regardless of your quality, you know, your capabilities. We've tried it, we've run the experiments. Uh, it's not smart enough. ATS systems are not smart enough to be able to differentiate between the unique value oftentimes that you have. They're just auto rejecting, okay? So at those numbers, there's no way that you're gonna get there, no way. There's no way, unless you bring in something and several things to kind of redress the balance, this is going to be the end in the next three years, uh, this is, I would say, max, we're going to see basically the end of job searching as we know it. This is basically it. You, what I'm teaching you guys, what I'm showing you guys, uh, we are in one of the last gasps that's going to be there. And you mark my words, what's going to happen is, first, people are going to understand that that 90% rejection is going up to 98, 99. And then there's going to be panic everywhere because everyone who decided I'm just going to keep my head in the sand and not change, they're all going to be destroyed by this. That's it. It's over. If you can't get a job, it's over for you. And what I'm telling you is how you get a job that way that's been in place for generations, that is going away. Because what do you think is going to be one of the, the easiest use cases for something like AI to take care of? You think maybe it might be able to, you know, after you saw what, what it's been doing today, you think that it might be possible for that to take care of the job application side or the copy and pasting side, or maybe even do a better job of it than you, right? Um, that's, that's the truth of it. Uh, what we've done, we've set aside some time in the next 48 hours uh, to speak to you personally, those of you who want to, okay? Uh, here's the goal. We want to spend about an hour going deep into your particular situation, figure out what you've been trying to do, what you haven't been doing, figure out what those areas of opportunity are, and, and hopefully help you create a bit of a game plan here.